When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Fatback 4 from the LFC Day Trippers. I'm Gavin, with me this week I have got Matt, I have got Keith and I have got Chris. Shawnee is off in Italy enjoying himself. Emmet is out for, um, he's out drinking I think, um, which is fair enough. Of a um, Sunday. Yeah, yeah, that was Sunday, yeah, so fair play to him. This show was brought to you by Bobby's Wish to Walk. Um, we are €1,400 Euro short of his €150,000 target. So, um if you want to know, the link is in the description. You can go in there, click on the link really quickly, make a donation and come back in and watch us. Or you can copy the link and send it to all your friends and family while you're sitting watching us, which will be great. We will remind you at the end. Um, Arsenal 3, Liverpool 2 at the Emirates today. Um, not good from Liverpool. Um, decent in in small periods but overall um, Arsenal deserved the three points I felt um, there is a lot of a lot of talking points which we're trying we're going to try and get through in the next hour to hour and a half if you're watching hit the like button one person has unliked us before we even open our mouth so fair play that's solid um, I, I love the dedica- dedication <laughs> um, but if you're watching um, just hit the like button while you're here hit it now or hit it on your way out or whatever you want to do if you have not subscribed subscribe as well um, there's a little button there you can subscribe you can like and you can put the bell icon on so every time you come live you will know we're on um loads to get through loads and loads and loads to get through um but before we do we always start off sunday night show with how was your weekend keith how was your weekend up until 4 30 this afternoon yeah yeah um up until 4 30 this afternoon it was grand it was it was good um yeah busy weekend you know yourself um Sat in watching the mask dancer on Saturday. Does anyone watch the mask dancer? No, no. Oh, no, my little one loves it. My little one loves it. Never know any of the dancers when they take the masks off, but we're fully invested in that and we're at the semi final stage. Um, yeah, that's the highlight of it. Definitely wasn't today in any way, but um, yeah, look, it is what it is. We, we'll get on to, on to the football soon, but other than that. Everything dancer. else was good. The mass dancer. We had the voice, you know, Tom Jones. I'm on a big Tom Jones buzz at the moment, Gav. Listening to an awful lot of Tom Jones, but old Tom Jones, not the new Tom Jones. Right. You know, when he's singing like Sex Bomb and all that, or not, not that, any of that stuff. I like the old that stuff. Okay. The problem you're, you're not a huge fan of the Sex Bomb uh, no, era Tom of Tom Jones. Jones. No, okay. no, no, I gave up on him on that. But uh, yeah, Tom Jones, the mass dancer, the voice. 
NFL. I was out at basketball and football with the young lad. Great weekend mm. until just there, they're on. Yeah. Ma, um, my team beat your team in the NFL today. Um, go Giants. Um, but other than that, how was your weekend? <laughs> well, if I, if I exclude being a sports fan, uh, I had a lovely weekend. My wife and I had some old friends in town we haven't seen for a few years, so we got to spend the weekend with them. But on the sports side of thing, let's see here. I went to a CFL football game on Friday, which was cold, miserable, awful, and my team lost. The Toronto Blue Jays finally made the playoffs and yesterday suffered the worst home defeat in a playoff game in 120 years and are nice. already out of the playoffs. And then I woke up this morning and watched the Packers lay a fucking egg at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And then I got the joy of watching Liverpool. So I had a great weekend as long as I don't uh, think about the sports teams that I support. Yeah. Um, wow. Like, yeah, it was bad. Well, was really uh, bad. Chris, yeah. um, apparently the Arsenal Liverpool game today. How was your weekend? Yeah, it was all right. So got some me, me nephew. Uh, my daughter got girl of the game, and unlike Liverpool, her team came from behind and won. So that was yeah. quite nice. Uh, and then it's been puffed out with shit. <laughs> fair, <laughs> enough. Anyway. fair enough. Fair enough. Gav, how was your weekend? Um, mine was fine. You see. At the risk of being accused of not caring, right? I take Liverpool results hard, but I kind of just, whether they win or lose, I can very quickly get out of it and go on to the next one. Yeah. Because I don't go, I can go quite high when we win, but I don't go too low when we lose. I be I was fuming for like a half an hour, and then it was like, right, on to the next one. Because that's yeah. the sort of season we're in now, in my opinion, and I'll talk about it later. But we're in that sort of season where, listen, this isn't good. Um, we're going to have to sort it out. Do we think we can? We'll talk about that later, but I kind of got over it. Um, oh, the weekend's just made up of kids fucking doing all sorts of sports, yeah. isn't it? Like, you know, don't be rank your balls, don't they? are doing too many. Like, my, my daughter was out playing hurling yesterday, and then she was out doing cross-country running today and planning for next weekend. And I'm like, give me a break with you fucking every day, this is. Um, but look, it, it was a good weekend, yeah. It was fairly relaxed and um, annoyed for about not even during the game annoyed for about a half an hour after and then I thought right on to the next one because that's what we need to do we just need to keep going but as I said we'll talk about it um, as we move along so first things up um, the lineup. Liverpool went with the four forwards and you know what it was I thought it was the right thing to do they'd won during the week um, he he sticks with what, what he knows and or what he has and, and what got him a result during the week and I didn't see any issue in going to Arsenal with the same team. You know, could we defend? Well, yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. But, you know, we had attacking, we had plenty of attackers on the pitch, some in form, some out of form, but I thought it was the right way to go. Keith, you're okay with the lineup? Yeah, I'm okay with the lineup. I think the 4 3 3 is just sort of. Got us nowhere, do you know what I mean? I don't I don't think we could it, it put it this way, if we'd reverting back to that, I think there would have been more doom and gloom at the start of the game. Um so to see him sticking with that was probably the right thing. Personally, I probably would have played Bobby over Jota, but that was just me. Um I just think he'd give you that bit more if you do need a bit more tracking back. Uh but other than that, now it's one change, wasn't it, from from range or so. Yeah, happy enough with that. Chris, same for you. Um, I thought the two Brazilian lads would have played because I assumed Bobby and Fabinho were being rested against Rangers. Um, but that's the only thing I thought might have changed from the line to be picked. But otherwise, 
I thought, it's all right. Hopefully, we have a good start. <laughs> yeah. Didn't last very well. No. Um, and Matt, the lineup, because I think everyone was happy with the lineup. I didn't see one person going, oh, no, 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 that's the wrong way to go. I thought they just went, fuck it, we're going to come out and go for it. Just go for it. And that's the team you have. Yeah, I think that's completely understandable. I, I agree with Chris. I probably would have personally started Firmino, and, but instead of uh, Darwin, instead of Jota, I thought that the two uh, the two boys that got the good record against Arsenal might get the start. But when I saw the lineup coming out, I was more than happy with it. Hmm. Neil says all the fan sites know the score, but won't say anything that are cuddling up to the club. Let us know if you think that's us, Neil. And um, I can let you know if we've never had a single contact with the club. Um, we've not made one request to the fucking club. <laughs> and uh, they, they don't talk to us. So um, just let you know if, um, if you think of this. Uh, but Can I just say one thing before we move on? Yeah. Arsenal fans, Ah, oh, fan circle channel. Yeah. He deserves it. He deserves and people are probably, you know, Keep it respect. He's he's always here a few. Always he's here a while. Every night I mean? of the week. So look, yeah. you get in, you have a bit of crack, and uh, we keep it respectful. But fair play, you know what I mean. We will keep it decent. Yeah. No. Listen. In fairness to him, Arsenal fan circle channel has been here a long time. Yeah. Um. He's come on with Arsenal. him. We've absolutely. What did I say? Arsenal for life too, as well. There's two. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's two of them. Yeah. Um. But there's there's two of them. Yeah. And they've, they're in here all the time. I think Arsenal for life is here literally every night of the week. But. You know, they've come on here when Liverpool have battered Arsenal um, on numerous occasions and, and talked and discussed and stuff like that. And they're in here today after Arsenal got a win against Liverpool and they're quite entitled to be. And um, fair, I, I have to give them a shout and say fair play to them because they do come yeah. in here um, on a Liverpool channel. And um, you know what? It, it, they come across really well, in fairness to them. Yeah. Um, the game starts. <laughs> the game starts. Um, we're in a minute. Liverpool are a goal down. Keith, <clears throat> there's so much of this that can annoy you. It's a minute into the fucking game at the Emirates and we're losing the ball and we're backing off and we're letting them play passes and we're not coming out to tackle and we're not tracking runs. And you're like, this is a minute into the game. It, it is a bit infuriating, Keith, because there's so many elements to this. Pick whatever you want over. But to go to Arsenal, who are flying at the minute, Liverpool are a bit fragile. You can't you can't be that open, Keith, a minute into a football game. You just simply can't. And Klopp has said during the week we need to defend the shit out of every team we play against. This is 50 seconds into the fucking thing. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about Tom Jones again? Because I just <laughs> want to talk about this. Um, look, 50 seconds in, you, touch, you hit the nail on the head there, Gav, because we knew... Klopp says it, you defend the shit out of everyone. We knew the threat at the Arsenal have, especially in wide areas... We knew you can't give the ball to the likes of Odegaard in the centre because they can cut you open. And 50 seconds into the game, we got absolutely tore apart and were 1-0 down. And it's infuriating now because I can sit here every week and make excuses and look for positives and try to be as positive as I can about Liverpool. And we've, we've had some good times, do you know what I mean? Like I, I don't think it's all doom and gloom. But when you see something like that happening after 50-odd seconds, it just... It it absolutely does my head in because what's what's I'll always say, you know, that's a bad run of form. This team aren't done yet, they're not finished yet. They're, they they still have winners in there, but something's not right. And the fact that they can't hold out in any game, any game now without going one nil down, 
is bad enough. But to go to Arsenal, who are on a high, top of the league, best start they've had in God knows how long. Tony Adams is flying in strictly. You know, it couldn't be better yeah. to be an Arsenal fan at the moment. Yeah. And he might be the bit. He might be the bit that gets them over the over the line here. That could be it. That's <laughs> probably what they're missing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's it's just another. You know, to give them that that goal after because what it does it. To Liverpool, does it make a difference to Liverpool? We're used to conceding. But what it does is it gives Arsenal, the puts the wind in their sails and it lets them know, look, these are there for the taking. Do I think they capitalised on it? I don't. But I just think that, I just think that Liverpool, it's the same old shoy every single time. And I don't know who's to blame for this because... People, I see the people blaming FSG. I'm not an FSG apologist by any means, but... We have to start looking on, on the pitch. Hold on. We have I've to start I've looking seen on a comment the training there and I, I, I don't know who, what name is said. Um, you know, this is down to not investing. This goal today has nothing to do with the investment you have in the team. It doesn't matter if you buy all the fucking best players. If you come out and you do what you've done there today, this has nothing to do with, with the quality of player you have. Genuinely, you could send a conference team to the Emirates, right? Genuinely, you send a conference team to the Emirates and tell them, will you hold out for the first 10 and see where we go? Genuinely. Yeah. You come out and you say, and right, okay, we might have had the ball. But we go, we have our two midfielders that are meant to be in a 4 2 3 1. We're playing four strikers. And these two were ahead of the fucking ball. Ball to Saka, and all of a sudden, we're all over the fucking place. There's loads of elements in it. We go through them all. But, mm-hmm. like, this has nothing to do. We Look. We've argued the investment thing down to the fucking yeah. ground. I mean, we're all in agreement we should have signed one, if not two midfielders. Yeah, that's 100%. that's that's it, right? But when it comes down to this, you can't turn around and tell me, oh, well, this is down to the investment. We just stop it. These are all professional footballers on the pitch, right? The goalkeeper you will pick, the right back, the left back, maybe not. He's he's come in, Robertson's injured. There are two well, centre halves you would have picked. Left back, you can't have No, but, but what I'm saying is, you would position. have Thiago in your team, right? You can argue over Henderson, yeah. but where we are right now, you'd have Henderson in the team. Right, because of what we have around us, and you have four strikers in the pitch that you all love, right? Yep. So forget all that for a minute. This is a minute into the fucking game, yeah. And, and they're beyond us. Saka is beyond us. Odegaard is beyond us. Martinelli is running beyond us. Their left fullback is getting up there as well. Jesus, everyone is beyond us in fifty seconds of a game. It's just not acceptable, Keith. Sorry, I interrupted you there because, oh, I'm getting annoyed. No, no, uh, I forget what I was going to say. Um, you're talking Adams, about Tony Adams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, you, you know, it's right. But look, I, I coach my young young lads team. They're only under nine, right? And we walked this weekend. I know this is off topic and all that. We walked this weekend on, they play five aside at the moment, about transitioning from attack back into defence and getting compact. And if you lose the ball up front and the other team turns it over, you have to get back into defensive shape to make it hard for the opposition mm-hmm. to score. Mm-hmm. These kids are seven and eight years old and they're learning about that. I look at these professional lads, these players, and they're just not doing what's the minimum requirement that's expected of them. If I was playing on a team and the confidence was low, the first thing you look to do was just get a, just get a sorted at the back, get a stabilised from the back and try and go from there. And it doesn't look like Liverpool are doing that at all. Whether we have the players to do or not, I don't know. I think we do. I just don't think we're using them right. I think there's question marks over some of the, the, the players that are in there. But 
I don't know if it's down to instruction from Klopp. I don't know if it's just players not putting in 100% or 110% maybe is what you need to play on that Klopp. I don't know if it's just a culmination of all these lads playing too much, too many games and hitting the wall. I just can't put my finger on it and it's, it's oh, no, absolutely no. baffling. No. Keith, hitting the wall, me bollocks. This is 50 seconds into a game. Yeah, if I know. Exactly. I'm going to the, in the, in the if, grand scheme of things if it's that, 50, this season. If it's 50 seconds from the end, end of a game, you go, do you know what? We've been fucking working hard and he just chorused the thing. Jonas says, Gab doesn't want to blame the owners. He's he seen my replies to Jamie Holmes' tweet about the owners. It's all nonsense. Jono, Jamie told us that you need to look at the recruitment <clears> of, of for this team. And I said, and this is exactly what I said, I said, first of all, well, you'd have to presume that the owners and, and Jurgen Klopp were happy with the squad that they went in with. And you can't just blame recruitment. You have to blame the owners if they haven't put money up if Klopp wants it. You have to blame Klopp if the money's there and he doesn't want to spend it. And you have to blame uh, the recruitment if they have the owners want to spend money, Klopp wants a player, and they haven't found one. You can't just, this, just pick out one single entity yeah. within a club every time something goes wrong it's not like that because when we when we really do well we all go oh aren't they great and they great everyone's fucking great but all of a sudden when something goes wrong you have to pick one entity all the time in every single argument so it's not nonsense Jono and Jono have you gone and checked for me the um the profit that Liverpool have made over the last five yeah, years I, I'm, no, I'm waiting um Chris <laughs> it has to be said right that Older guy gets too much space and he's not pressed. I don't think the centre halves cover themselves in glory because they're just treading water. And then Trent, and I hate to say this, but Gary Neville, who I fucking can't stand, made a massive point about his position, um, his body shape, his awareness. He went through this thing for five minutes on Sky the other night, and it all came in in one fell swoop when Odegaard's looking for Martinelli. Because Trent is just in the completely wrong everything's wrong about what he's trying to do but I don't think he's the only one to blame in that Chris no I don't think he's I, think he's, I don't think he knows which way to go because he, he can there's a runner behind him there's a runner wide there's actually three on the right hand side um, I mean you wonder where Henderson and Thiago are well, they're on the halfway line because they can't get back and Simicast had gone for a wonder which meant Van Dijk was pulled out too far wide uh, so it was all round just silly sloppy shape but I mean I'm you know, a few of the cops I've seen a few of the comments. I, I like. I've checked out. I'm not interested. I've had to do all these post-match shows, and they're <laughs> fucking hard. Do you know what? Oh, and they are fucking hard, and it's really hard when you start getting blamed for results, and you're going, "There's no other way to say it." We could. We. we I'm with you, Gav. We could talk about the investment. I think ev- all four of us on this have been on the pod and said we probably should have bought at least one more in the summer. And I've said many times, we don't. The clock needs to find an answer at the moment. The manager's not found the answer, but no one could have predicted at the start of the season Van Dyke would forget to fucking run and have some awareness, you know, and Trent would fall off a cliff today and Salah just is anonymous. You know. <clears throat> so there's a lot of things we can't we can't do, but yeah, we just, just poor, shitty football. You know, I'm with Keith. My daughter plays from an under-10 side. I wouldn't expect an under-10 side. So do, I wouldn't expect an under-10 side to do But this. you know what it is, Chris? Do you know what it is as well? We we watched the, the Rangers game on um Tuesday night. Well that's Tuesday night, wasn't it? Yeah. And you know, we were all talking about afterwards how the two centre halves were aggressive. If anything was coming at them, they were coming out and they were aggressive. And it was just so passive from everyone. Fifty seconds in, Chris, just so passive. Just you know, you run yeah. there and you pass and we'll just kind of hover here hoping you do something wrong. There's no there's no there's no um 
there's no there's nothing positive in what they're trying to do. It's all very passive. Yeah, but at the same time, to be fair to Rangers, they didn't have anything pace wise that could overrun our midfield. You know, they've yeah. got Martinelli, Saka, and Odegaard. It was just fast. You know, the the pace with them with Jesus. That's what got behind us, and that's what scared us. Rangers didn't have that. They had one f- fast lad, um, Morelos, who after one tackle wasn't interested in the rest of the game. So you could afford to be aggressive. You could afford to push really high because they were never going to hurt you in behind. Arsenal are a different kettle of fish, and just really, really, it's just really amateurish. It's a really amateurish goal, and it's, I don't know. It's just because, unfortunately, I've, I've, I think you get a bit numb to it now. It's, like, it's just the norm now, isn't it? Let's wait till we concede another goal because it's just mm. it's just the way it is now, and it's it shouldn't be that way. But you get a bit apathetic about it. Going, we'll go one down in ten minutes. Why? Because we always fucking do. Yeah, Matt. Like, uh, Matt, you know it's it's a real fucking issue. Um, and, and we talk about we talk about application and stuff like that. But I talk about application all the time because I just look and, and listen. People come back to me and go, "Listen, it's not application. They just don't have it in them anymore." And that's a completely valid valid argument. But Matt, come on, you know, like Chris Keith, they've kids playing football, right? Um, every training twice a week, playing on a Saturday or a Sunday, wherever it might be, and they know when they go out, even at that age. You go out and you say, even if you might be playing someone that's in a better team than you are, you know, expected to beat you, and you go, just just keep it high. Just, you know, just do simple, basic football one-on-one things, man. And we just did not do that from the start. It's the first thing that a new manager does when a team sacks their manager and they bring a new manager in. The first thing they do is shore it up at the back. Stop shipping easy goals. Stop being easy to play against. Stop being easy to score against. And that's the point that we're at now. And like, it might be a selection thing. I mean, I agree with some of these people in here. We need to blame the owners. I don't think John W. Henry has the pace to play at center half for Liverpool. <laughs> don't I don't start. think Billy Hogan is suited to play in the six. The owners can't do shit. We're not in the transfer window right now. These are the players that we have. And you talk about, you know, have they hit their limit? We're going to get into it, but it's it's hard for me to believe that all of the players that a year ago we would have classed as world-class, best yeah. in position, have all hit the wall at the same fucking time? How is that possible? It's statistically impossible. So there has to be something that can be done tactically in the team. And Tuesday was green shoots to me. I looked at that and went, oh, okay, they're starting to adjust it here and it's going to be better. And within the first fucking minute, it was just out the window. Like it was just, it was, we lost the ball off of the kickoff. We lined up and did our regular opening kickoff play where we put everybody on the left side and Matt Tip drills it deep and he passed it right to Odegaard and they got the ball, but we got it back. And then we played around at the back a little bit and everybody rushed forward, one tackle from Saliba, bing, bang, boom, the other way and we're down. I, it's, it's, I, I just, it doesn't make sense. Uh, like, like, and look, I compl- like Billy O'Flynn there says born out and stuff like that. And I get that to a certain extent. If you're asking players to go to the well, as people say over and over again, and you can point at Henderson, who I think looks leggier by the game, right? But this is the fourth minute. You know what I mean? It, don't You can't... You're saying stuff about it's impossible. It's impossible for a player to come onto a football pitch and be that passive because they're born out. I'm sorry. 
And and it doesn't stack up to me because they have all these people in the science end of the game that can tell you literally within an inch of their life what these players are able to do or not able to do. And I'm sorry, but if you're a professional footballer and you cannot go out and chase or be in shape or be proactive in a defensive situation one minute into the game and you look to think because that, that player is born down... I'm sorry, there's just no point continuing because that is fucking insane. And, and you know, we're going there. Arsenal are on a really good run. They won seven of their first eight, I think it is. Um, eight of their first nine now. They'll be looking. And they would have been under a bit of pressure for me because City have gone above them, I think, for the first time this season. Yeah. So it was a bit of pressure on Arsenal to go, listen, we want to keep up here because you know what's going to happen. As soon as Arsenal lose a game and City go out right top of the league with the same amount of games played, everyone's going to go, that's over. And people who just lie down for City even more so than they do on a weekly basis. So Arsenal had a bit of pressure on them as well. And we handed it to them on a fucking play. But you know what? We 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 kind of dug in. It it wasn't it wasn't a great game from there, to be honest with you. Um I didn't think. I thought it was a bit patchy. But then you have the incident with Jota, um, the penalty claim against um Gabriel, wasn't it? Gabriel. Um yeah. and Keith I'm not making any excuses for this result, but that's a penalty kick. Yeah. I mean, the frustrating thing about that is you'll see them given next week. Do you know what I mean? The the, the argument will be that it's so close to him that there's nothing he can do. But he puts his hand up, his hand's away from him. It's not like his hand is in, you know, in at his body and it hits him. It's it's a penalty for me. Uh, you don't get that. You're like, Roy, you start getting a bit of a sinking feeling at this stage, but... You know, I've seen people moaning that there wasn't even a check on it. There was a check. Um, I was watching the feed. I was watching. They were talking about it. The ref went to the But Neville and Tinger are mine. And they say he's in trouble here. Yeah, and and it looks like it's a, it looks as as handball as handballs can be. Even from the, the forced angle of it when it's a good bit away. You look at it and you can see it hits the hand and it changes direction. And you're like, right, this, this is a penalty. And it's not given. But... I can't use that as an excuse because if it was against us, I'd be arguing your way. Do you know what I mean? I'd be saying, well, it's a bit too close. It's this, it's that. No, I don't but think the reality is, is it's it's the natural figure of a player. Yeah, the hand is out. So it doesn't matter that he's standing beside him. It doesn't matter that he's standing beside him. The hand is out. And yeah. that's what I'm saying will be the case next week when one is given the exact same way. Do you know what I mean? It'll be, but that, the hand isn't in a natural silhouette and all this shit. Um, so I think it's, you know, it's one of them that I don't like it. Arsenal Fan Circle Channel says these are the new rules that muddy the water. I agree. And it's still subjective. It's still, Klopp says it in his press conference, didn't he, after the game, you know, if two referees think it's not a penalty, they must be right, sarcastically, I'm assuming. Because it's still, it's still referees. And especially in this case, Darren England was the VAR. Michael Oliver is the the ref on the field. He's not going to overrule him. Do you know what I mean? So there's still that cosy element thing that goes it's not on about, there. Yeah, but, but this is the thing, Keith. It's not about overruling, right? Michael Oliver sees something where the linesman's looking straight at it, by the way. But Michael Oliver or sees yeah, something where the ball that. hits him. It goes out. It gets clear. I think it goes for a throw in, right? You're not overruling the, the ref. Yeah. You're just going to the ref here and going, listen, I'm actually having a look at that because I don't know what angle you've seen. Yeah. I'm going to look at this and I might need you to go to the screen. The natural silhouette of a player is if your hand is out there as a defender and the ball hits it, it's a penalty kick. Yeah. 
It stops the yeah. ball going towards the goal. It's a penalty kick. Now, exactly. I'll say it again. That's not making any excuse for Liverpool's performance today or the result. I think Arsenal deserved the three points. But I I just think it's a penalty. Chris, would you argue? I don't even think I'd argue the other way now because I'm so stuck in the way of this is what they've said and that's what's happened. So it's a fucking penalty. You just have to take it, Chris. Yeah, I thought so. My initial reaction was, I thought it was a penalty. Uh, I've seen a few interactions with the chap from ESPN who always does the VAR. Yeah, Dale. Yeah, he says under the... He said under the new rules, he said it's too close and something to do even with the silhouette. He said they'd never give that. He said so. In his opinion, it's right, and you know he has been one that calls out VR when it's wrong. So I don't know anymore. Look, my initial reaction was it looked it looked a pen. If it was the way, I would assume a pen would be given against us. Cause I've seen concede similar style penalties, oh, yeah. but uh, and I've also seen us win similar style penalties. So to me, it looked a pen. Um, but you know, like you said, it wasn't given, but. It's not an excuse for the result because we were. I don't think we were anything today, anyway. But no, it's that inconsistency with VAR, which all the confusion that we're getting with the officials, which is really frustrating. Um, Sean with a super chat says, "Use the Bellingham money that we're supposedly going to spend on Geo Bellingham. That's another issue. Uh, on maybe two or three players. I don't know why everyone is so focused on him, and we need a big freshening up in a lot of the squad. That's something we'll be looking at later, Sean. Um, but I did read it out now, so I did not." Forget it. Um, somebody else says, Gav, thoughts on Arteta before the show ends. Uh, Owen says, what an absolutely incredible job he's done. Um, I don't like him. Um, I'm open about that. I don't like him. Um, uh, yeah, he's done a really good job. I think they're in a brilliant position. I think they'll have there's more tests to come for them this season. Um, I think he's going to write off the Europa League, um, which is probably the right thing to do. Um, but I still think for me, Arsenal have caught a few teams on the right day. You know, um, It'll be interesting to see them when they go uh, away to the likes of Spurs, uh, Liverpool, City, twice, United possibly, um, a few other teams. But yeah, he's right up there, but I, I still don't like him. Um, I don't think he's done anything special at Arsenal, but he might do with the end of the season. Um, Matt, penalty or no penalty? I mean, it's 100% a penalty. He's doing American Sign Language clapping with his hands up like this. That's not a natural position for the ball. And it keeps the ball from going into a dangerous position in the box. Like, I understand if it's super close range and you've got your arm down at your side, that shouldn't be given a penalty. But to me, that's a penalty all day. The natural position for that for that um, player to have his hand is not up beside his head. Simple as that. Yeah. You know, there's no way he's going to defend the ball. You know, you don't put your hand up to the side of your head. It's a penalty. Um, but we don't, we don't, we don't get it. We we just don't get it. Um, Keith Darwin Nunes has come under a lot of um, I don't know what the word you call it. Something's absolutely pathetic, but um, he's he's under the spotlight an, an awful lot. He played really well in the first half. Some good runs. He has a good shot. Um, Ramsdale saves, and then he, he gets the equaliser, and it's good work by. Um, it's a misjudgment by an Arsenal defender, to be honest, from a Trent ball and. Diaz does really well to nip in there, puts her across the goal, across the box. And it's a really good finish. One. I was delighted from Keith there. Um, and maybe that's something that he needs, because I did say during the week, it looks to me like he just needs one and he might get a little run going. Yeah, it's, you know, I think the criticism is ridiculously unfair on Darwin Nunes. I think the overly praising him is probably too far as well. I think he's a, a young player that's come into a new country that's, adapting to a team that are not playing very well at the moment and 
I think it was a great goal, to be honest. I think it was a very good goal, great movement. I've been talking to a lot of people about him since oh, after the Rangers game and they're like, he's a stock and a shy, he's a pudding. No way, can't play, missing everything. And my argument, my counter-argument is he's getting into these positions all the time. His movement is brilliant. He gets into the positions. He's taking the shots on quick, maybe too quick, that, you know, he's not getting the right connection on them. But it's better than taking too much out before you get your shot. So it's a little... Uh, Little teething problems with him there, but every goal he gets, and especially in big games, it's it's good for his confidence. Now I think we just need to keep make a decision. Now we're going to play him. We're going to try and play him into into being the number nine that we that we build our attack around. Brilliant. Diaz concentrate, gets down the wing, puts in a lovely cross, and it's it's a great finish by Nunez. Nunez, um, and I just think. That's the sort of thing. I thought we were actually getting on top in the game at that stage. I thought, you know, Liverpool got the ball. Arsenal started like a bat out of hell, but then Liverpool sort of got back in without really doing too much. They were starting to get back into the game. And that was, I'd say, a fair equaliser, in my opinion. I thought it was what yeah, Liverpool at deserved at the you. time. I think, you know, they were the better team at that, that stage. And I think they deserved that goal. And it looked... Like it was, you know, Diaz most likely to create, which turned out to be the case, and Nunez most likely to score. And I was delighted with that. And I thought, right, let's just get the half time and see what we can do from there. But, mm. um, Chris, it, it's, a, it's a really good goal. Um, it's a really good goal for that player. Um, Diaz has looked the most likely for us this season in a forward position to create, and he does that again. And Keith mentioned something there. We're probably starting to get on top in the game. And when we get that equaliser, I'm thinking, right, forget the first minute thing. It's over. We've had a couple of efforts. We've scored a goal. It's 34 minutes, I think, we equalise on. Let's not even let's let's just keep this going until half time and silence them a little bit. Um, but that's probably the only positive to come out of the day for me is that Darwin Nunes gets a goal. That's that's all I can say in a Chris. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, the only other positive I can think of is that I actually thought Jota did all right, actually, today. I thought he he, had, he was involved in, we'll talk about the other goal, I think he's involved in that goal, so I think it's his it's his flick on that gets to Diaz. But I was made up for uh, Nunes, I agree, he's, he's had some over-the-top criticism because his name's not Haaland, and I think that's that was just always going to happen because he's, you know, big money signing, so he's always going to get compared to him. Um, I agree with Keith, though, there is a bit of overpraise him. I think he's been industrious. I think that's the polite way of putting it for the last couple of years. You know, He's at least given defence something to think about, and he's always in the right position where you'd want him to be. Yes, you'd like him to be a little bit more clinical. I think that will come. But the early signs of him are good, you know, from the three and a half games he's he's played for us. So, look, it was good for him. It'll give him some confidence, you know. And it's a it's a big goal because, you know, at least both his goals he scored for us in the league have been equalisers. You know, so it... it the goals that make a difference, they're not like the uh, the fifth and a five no win, which t- uh, uh, they're a bit stat pie goals. You know, they don't they don't really make much of a difference to the results. I'd love a five nil win, Chris. I'm not going to. I don't know, but you know what I mean. Love you a know, five nil win, stat pad yeah. away, all you want. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, you know what I mean. I, I, I like a striker who, who you know most of their goals are the equaliser, yeah. the win, the, the opening goal or the winner. You know, that's kind of what you want for him. So, look, I I think with Nunes, the, the sides are there, like, but but the problem we've got is. We're chopping the change of sides so much because of injuries, because of basically shit form. <laughs> you know, it's hard for him to build relationships with anyone. And, you know, Mo Salah was pretty quiet, but him, it, them two normally have a bit of a link-up play. But at the moment, 
the concern for Liverpool is when Diaz went off, I think it's a massive dimension we've lost out of our team. Mm. Ma, um, we've kind of covered it there, but we are happy to see him score because I just think the the, the emphasis on him um, and the spotlight on him in the, in the media is just it's just a bit mental. And I, he really enjoyed that one, in fairness to him. Yeah, and I mean, he, he deserved it for just continuing to work and get into the positions he needs to get into. Like, thankfully, I miss out on a lot of the media garbage over here in Canada. We don't have to deal with the constant news cycle talking about football players 24-7 sort of thing. So like, it was good for him, and it, it showed really good movement. It showed, you know, it was exciting to see those guys link up, and then, of course, Diaz goes off shortly thereafter and scuppers that for the next foreseeable future. But, I mean, it's, it's a good finish. He was exactly where you want your number nine to be. And, yeah, he might not have 18 goals in three games, but he's going to score goals for Liverpool. So, And he's definitely going to get his opportunities now moving forward. So it can do nothing but help his confidence moving forward into the rest of the season because we've got a long way to go. Um, Diaz does get injured. There's talk that, you know, he... He might have an is an MCL. Is that what it is? Yeah. Um, people in the chat there that know way more than me, I presume, are saying if it's a grade three MCL, it could be about six weeks out. Um, it can range from one to two weeks up to six weeks out. That'll be a huge loss because, as I've said, I think he's, I think he's probably been their most impressive player with him and Allison. I think this season. So, with a bit of luck, he's due a scan. So is Trent on an ankle injury. They're both due scans, um, and hopefully. Um, they aren't too bad because as much as you know you can slate uh, Trent for his form and stuff like that and in, in, in another sense you don't want to lose Diaz because he's been in quite decent form um, there's still two more players you don't want to leave or lose for a, for a period of time um, we're talking about getting to we're, we're talking about getting to um, half time and we don't um, of course we fucking don't and again, we're just so exposed of an attack we have. And I have to be honest with you, yeah. Take him out. Oh, just, Keith. just, just put him in the crowd. Keith, and take the yellow. Yeah, but Keith, the ball breaks, right? The ball breaks. Arsenal are moving with it. Okay. Trent is following Martinelli, isn't it? Um, no, not Trent's following. Henderson is following Martinelli. Yeah. Trent is in the middle of the pitch looking at, I think it's Jesus running off the back of him. And that should be his man. You just watch him. Continuously watch him because I think it's actually Jota trying to get back at the at the, at the the back post, right? Which is fine. They're, they're absolutely, they're absolutely trying to get back. That's fine. Martinelli turns and gets down the left-hand side and Trent decides that He's the man in the centre of the pitch, but he's not going to be the man anymore. He's going to take a massive 25-yard sprint across towards Martinelli, who's in the process of turning inside Henderson. He does Henderson quite well, in fairness, right? And just runs past him. Just literally runs past Doesn't go near the ball. Doesn't go near Martinelli. Just runs past the whole incident. The ball gets put across. There's actually, I think I think it might be Thiago getting back in um, that kind of puts Martinelli off. It goes across the box, and who's there? But Jesus in the middle, on his, not on his own, because someone else has been attracted to him then, because Trent's gone missing, and Saka is in at the back post. And Keith, we talk about the fourth minute of the game, but this is as important 
You're back in the game. You're slightly getting on top. But it's okay to get in a one-all at Arsenal. You know, the form they're in, the form we're in. Get in at half-time, regroup a little bit and iron out a few issues. But what in the name of fucking Jesus are we playing? This this game goes in a pattern, right? So we can see that the worst possible times on all three of the goals, right? 50 seconds in, boom. And it, they'd gone in at half-time. What was it, 40? <coughs> what minute were we in? About 48? It was five minutes of injury time. Yeah. It's the last kick of the first half. We have a free kick and we're sending everyone up for this fucking free kick. Do you know what I mean? And we're getting caught and we're not getting back. And it's so fucking infuriating. You're right. Trent is in the middle where they tend to, fullbacks tend to go, isn't it, when they're defending the, the, the set pieces? Yeah. But he makes the stupid fucking decision to run across. And as you said, just run past Martinelli. You but know, t- everyone knows what's happening here. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> But if Martinelli, it, if Martinelli, if Martinelli is putting that ball, Keith, if he stays on his left foot, Martinelli he puts it across the box. If Trent stays in his central position, he is probably favoured to clear it. Okay, but Trent needs to look around and go. Well, if he pulls inside Henderson here, does fellas making their way back that might get a tackle in or a block or just put him off? And I'm still central. I'm defending my goal. That's that's all. That's all you need to be. In the position to defend your... Listen, if Martinelli plays one into the feet of Jesus who flicks it up and smashes it in the net, you go, well, listen, I was in the position he just fucking dummy. That's fine. But to run out of the central part of the pitch over and not do anything. Yeah. Like, he literally ran past the two of them as if he was going past them to go... as if he was going to shop. He was like somebody running past two strangers that were having a chat on the corner uh, on the corner and he just runs by them as if he's going to the shop. It's fucking insane. It's ridiculous. It's uh, ridiculous. And it's, I, I just it's can't so, get over it. You know, this comes back down to defensive lapses, not just from him, but from everybody. Matip doesn't cover himself in any glory on this goal. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it's it's a, a litany of errors, a litany of errors from the fact that they don't get cleaned out twice in that break. There should be someone um, taking down... Uh, any Arsenal player that's any, anywhere fucking near a ball but they don't do it and it's something that Liverpool are guilty of and someone's criticising Thiago for not wiping him out I think Thiago has that little bit of snide in him that since he's come into the team he's not afraid to to do that but I just think we're a team that's fucking absolutely in the gutter with confidence and everyone's afraid to make the mistake and the mistake is constantly coming do you know what I mean we're not doing the basics right and everyone is just playing with fear that they're going to make a balls of it and Thiago doesn't want to be picking up a yellow or a red so he wants to stay on so he's letting them go it's the Van Dijk syndrome as well when players are coming up from hands behind the back I'll stand off I'll stand off I'll stand off and they're just hitting goals if, past if Trent if Trent runs out there to the left hand side of Jordan Henderson because he feels that Martinelli's going to cut back and he can get in front of him and block something I'm absolutely fine with that mm. but to run over there and just run into open space and it's as if he doesn't realise. He doesn't realise the game. What, what's happening in this yeah. situation? It's, it's like stupid. he just feels that. Oh, I'm the right back, and it's happening over there. But in the whole situation, he has to hold, and in the he has to hold to the point where if he stays there and Matip gets back in, or you know Van Dijk gets back in, and he looks around, he goes, "Them two are coming back in. I can move out now because them two are coming back in." But it's just like I just, I just, I just thought it was ridiculous. It Chris. was everything about it. You could pick it apart the whole. Ah, yeah, you could, you could, you could. And it's Chris. not even me worst of the blade and tree. We'll go on to that one in a minute. Yeah, but Chris, um, <laughs> it's just like people are saying. There's head is in the clouds. He's just, you know, um, 
You know, he's, try, he's trying to overcompensate for this, but I, I just can't find an excuse for it, Chris. I really can't. I can't even find that. I can't even find half a reason for it. No, I mean, look, Tiago should take him out. Henson, I don't think... Listen, Martin is a hard player to mark, but if you're going to engage with him, engage with him outside the box. If you foul him, A, you're not going to get sent off, and B, you're going to kill the attack. Trent, to me, just seems like he's almost like trying to overcompensate. Isn't he? He's in the right position, and he's trying to... I don't know what he... It's like a brain fart. He just thinks, I can get... He's got in his head that he can get over there and cut, and cut the cross out. Why do you think he can get over there? Because he runs. He actually runs past Martinelli. He goes that quick and he runs past him. Uh, I mean, I do debate whether he should have been, been on the pitch at that point because I'm surprised he stood up after he got his ankle caught. So to me, I, I think he probably shouldn't even been on the pitch. But yeah. it's just a standard. It, it was just a bit of a shit show of a goal all round. And listen, I had no problem with people putting people up trying to get a goal before half time. But you've got to make sure the, the cross is deep enough that if your balls it up, it doesn't hurt you. Or you, one of you's got to just accept you're going to be, you're going to take the yellow and be snide. And take and take someone out. Yes. You know, it was all too naive and too yes, because easy. You're right what you're saying. You either put someone in the air and take yellow, or you you hold them up, you give yourself time, you push them away from goal, you do what you want. Henderson doesn't do too bad of a job until Martinelli comes inside. I think Henderson's get beat gets beat a bit too easy, right? But I don't even even at that, and Henderson doesn't cover himself in glory by any means. But even at that, if he turns inside and Hen- and Trent is standing in the middle of the p- in the box, that goal doesn't happen. Mm. That goal just does simply not happen because Trent is there and it's not a great ball by Martinelli. It's more of a scuffed kind of ball uh, and it goes past Jesus and, and Saka gets it. But it's another Liverpool body in the box that cuts it out. Instead, he's standing in the fucking right back position when he's... When, 15 seconds earlier, he's the centre-back for Liverpool while they're, while they're trying to contain a break. Matt, are we being too easy on Henderson here? Because I think no, yeah, we when, might be a that, little bit. When that ball broke and I saw it was Martinelli running at Henderson, I thought, oh, for fuck's sakes. Like, he's just, he's just going to torch him and go around and maybe one-on-one with the keeper. I think there is an explanation for what Trent did, and that is he saw the situation developing and went, oh, shit. There's the ball, right back position. I'm the right back that gets slaughtered for not being able to defend. Here I come. And he went over at full fucking speed. It was just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And like somebody said there, he left Simicast with two players to mark, which is very much how Trent normally ends up, like the first goal, where he's having to try to figure out which of three players he should be trying to cover. And he ends up covering none of them, and the ball goes mm-hmm. right through him. Like, it was absolutely brain dead and there's there's no excuse for it from being a team that was so good at defending set pieces and creating the break off of it how can you be so naive to get done by what used to be one of your favorite ways of scoring a goal out of nothing it it's it absolutely boggles the mind and it's a hundred percent down to not taking a fernandinho at the halfway line take the fucking yellow card just take him down Pull the shirt right off of his back. Do whatever you need to do. Take a yellow card, even a, an orange card, and get halfway there. But don't let that happen because I'm sitting there watching the game with my buddy, and we got that free kick, and I was like, hey, we could score, we could score, but hey, we're going to get into halftime 1-1. One, one, that's fine. And 10 seconds later, and we're down. All Neil says he thinks Trent is coming over to stop Martinelli getting past Henderson, but didn't stop the cutback. But if he's... He doesn't. He just runs past he runs the two of them. 
He runs past. He's actually further past both of us. Yeah, he, he runs. I mean, it was great because going when, into halftime, Trent had picked up a copy of the Echo for the whole team to read because he got sent for it. He yeah, was but but gone. the thing is, if he's running out there, if, if if listen, if there's any reason to what he's doing, he runs out there and he says, "I'm going to stand directly behind Jordan Henderson, and if this guy cuts back, I'm going to put a tackle in, and if he tries to go past Henderson on the outside, I'm going to be waiting there to block it." That makes loads of sense if that's what you're going to do. But he doesn't. He runs past the both of them. He is closer to the touchline than yeah. both of these players when Martinelli comes back inside, hits a shy ball across the box that uh, goes through Jesus and into the path of Saka. Right? Now, Saka makes it up the pitch, gets on the back post. I think because of Trent moving the way, I'm nearly sure it's Jota on the back post who's like, where the fuck do I go here? So he kind of gets caught a little bit. You know the sort of way and having said that, he's a fucking forward. You know what I mean? The rest of them, um, I think I think it's Thiago trying to get back. Matt, I see Van Dijk coming into shot. But it all comes for me from a, probably, and you know what? It probably makes sense that he's overcompensating. He's trying to do too much because the ball's out in what he perceives as his area. And he tries to overdo his something. Area. But he, but he, in, in the first instance, he sprints over, but then has no effect on what's going on because he actually takes himself... Com- completely out of the game by sprinting 20 yards in that position um, he makes, makes it easy for Martinelli in the end um, well Kev he, makes a good point sorry go ahead go ahead no go on no Kev makes a good point all Henderson can do is slow him down waiting for the mm. help to get there so I don't think we can be overly critical on Henderson when it gets into the box we can be critical of Henderson for not taking him out maybe before it gets there but you know it, Henderson's just on the cover and I just think Trent doesn't have, and it's again, it's mentioned down there, Real Talk Football says Trent doesn't sense danger, and that is the nail on the head for me. But he tries he's, he's to not sense a natural it. Defender. He thinks yeah, he's but, sensing it, but then he yeah, goes, but then he... he, he he's he, sensing he, the wrong he, danger. He compounds yeah. Because he's not in that position. Yeah. Like Paul he's Smith sensing says the right out danger when he's covering centre half. Paul Smith says, for crying out loud, stop making excuse for Trent. Are you listening to this? Is, it, is this that's a bleeding wind-up merchant, Paul Smith. Are you He's listening always to this? On, like, it, Look, we literally this hammered him joke. for the last fucking 10 minutes. But we're trying to make reason. It's okay to try and make reason for what someone's done. right? But what Trent does there for me, if he, does, if he makes that move and stands behind Henderson to say, right, whatever way this fella goes, I'm, I'm going to help. But he does no help whatsoever. Henderson... Tracks him, tracks him, tracks him. Makes I think makes it too easy for him to come inside. He should actually, he should actually just stop, not stop, but lay off a little bit where you go. Just, just give him the window to go out on the outside. And if you have to clatter him, clatter him. You know, you mightn't even get a yellow card for trying to clatter him. I'm trying to block across. Yeah, there's a free kick. All right, you don't know what's coming from the free kick, but maybe I probably a little bit go ahead and go. You made it too easy for him to come inside and open up the angle for himself. But other than that, and it's, do you know what? It again, it's 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 game management again. We're all looking at that clock, and we should be, oh, we should be looking going right. We send a couple up, that's no problem. But leave Trent, leave Henderson, and leave one other, and maybe another fella just in front, i.e. Tiago, and say we're not getting caught here. And that should be our outlook on these things at the moment, right? Listen, last year we could go listen, just leave Trent back there, and maybe Simakas, right? Because their lads will. Usually when the ball dropped out, we were all over things like a like a rash at the edge of a box and we win it back and pin teams in. We're not doing that now. 
So we need to go and say we're putting three back there and one in front, right? And there's a guy taking it with five in the box. That's what we're doing. That's, it's simple as that. That's what we're doing. That's where we're at at the minute. And it just, it's it's a fucking shit show um, to go in at halftime 2-1 down. But we do. Um, Chris, I'll come to you first on this one. Because um, Firmino obviously has to come on for um, Diaz. Diaz, Diaz because of the injury. And again, we're waiting on news of that and we'll probably get that in the morning, all right? Um, but Firmino comes on. Liverpool are passing it about. Arsenal actually started the second half really well again. Liverpool can't hold on to the ball for me. But goes into Henderson. He advances with it. Um, nice ball to Jota. Firmino makes his mind up, put it in there and he puts it in there. And it's a brilliant finish. When that ball's running down the side, yeah, left foot finish to control it across Ramsdale like that is is really, really good. And yet again, Chris, you're thinking, right, we're back in it. We've got it. We've got a goal. We've had to make a sub and enforce up, but the fella that's come on has fucking scored. It should really push us on, Chris. Really good goal, though. Really good goal. Yeah, really good goal. I mean, that's like 10 in 17 now. I think he now has the record for the most goals for Liverpool against Arsenal. You know, so that this is his club, you know, and he's now got six goals for us in all comps. Or six goals in the Prem, sorry. So, Firmino's been one of the few shining lights of this season, which, let's be honest, we know none of us would have put that at the start of the season, that Firmino would be... Uh, one of the shining lights. But yet again, you thought, if I'm honest, got away with the first five, six minutes of the, of the second half because, again, I thought Arsenal probably should have gone th- got themselves 3-1 up. Yeah. Get ourselves at it 2-2. Right, we've sort of done a bit of a smash and grab because I think both second goals came a little bit against the runner place. He thought, right, now regroup, now think. And I was thinking, I wonder if we bring a Fabinho on now and just go almost like, should we just take the 2-2 and just accept it? Um, but... We'll come into it later. It's just uh, it's one of the very few glimpses of what Liverpool can do. But as we've been saying too much this season, it's only glimpses. We're not seeing any sort of consistency at the moment, which is really infuriating. I I, I really like the goal because of the run Firmino makes. You know, there's an awful lot of time where Firmino would look for that off Jota into his feet and then look to get Salah involved or whether it was Diaz on the left or going back in time, Mane. But he doesn't. He makes he really makes Jota's mind up because Jota actually lifts his head and looks and then goes, oh, fuck, he's gone. I have to give it to him. I have to give it to this guy because of the run he's made. And <clears throat> as much as we... I, I thought their centre-halves were poor. Again, I think it's a bit passive of those centre-halves to be so square and not tracking runners you know Saliba has been excellent for them um, this season and Gabriella wouldn't say is too far behind given the results they've had but that was one where I'm not too sure of Arsenal for life or the Arsenal fan circle uh, channel want to um, comment on it but I thought I thought their centre house were poor but Firmino makes his mind up put it in there and and he, he finishes it so well because it's right in against the bottom of the post like it's a really really good finish Ma um I want to talk the subs because a lot of people feel that the subs made us weaker. Um, do you go along with that? Yeah, in a way, because, I mean, we took Diaz and Trent off for Firmino and Joe Gomez, who's playing out of position. So for just the two subs that covered for the injuries, of course that made us weaker. Like, Luis they Diaz has been our most... Trent off no, I mean, I, I, mean, I mean on paper. I mean, on paper, you look at those subs and you just look at it in the in the match report and you go, oh, geez, you know, you had to take Diaz off for Firmino and Trent off for Joe Gomez. That's bad. But the two players that came on, they weren't poor. 
I thought I thought from I thought Fabinho was poor when he came on, and I think that Harvey Elliott looked lost as all hell in this formation. It was a bit of a it was a bit of a scramble of where exactly our players were playing. Like there's one thing going from our tried and tested four three three into this four two four or four two three one four four two whatever it is, but it seemed like when Harvey came on that it was just kind of like throw your hands up in the air. Maybe he can create something, and it just yeah it was. It was pretty exasperating, and I think a couple questions need to be asked about what are we, you know, what was what was the plan with the substitutes? Like, what were we trying to do? Were we trying to just see out the two-two? Because it didn't really look like it. A three-two. I'd rather he thrown a Carvalho on than Elias because Carvalho's in the few games his players have shown he's got a knack for getting a goal or get or create the chance off the bench. You know, Elliot's Moses. Moses play has been playing eight in midfield. He hasn't yet sort of shown that he is like an impact sub player. So that game, to me, not using Carvalho at all was the odd one. Uh, if you talk about the Henson one, I assumed Henson staying on and Salah going off was, well, Salah didn't do anything all game, which we'll talk about that later. But um, yeah, I thought Henderson was just, I would have just there almost being told to plug a gap. In other words, not, not an attacking sense, more of a cover Joe Gomez. Because yeah. Martinelli was ripping him, but he ripped uh, to, Martinelli, Martinelli does it to a lot of right backs, but both right backs found uh, Martinelli difficult to deal with. So I didn't know if that was more of a negative defensive move. It did, I mean, let's, let's be honest, we lost the game, so it didn't work. But <laughs> that was my that was my logic for that was the, the only logic I could see for it. Keith, like uh, we score, right? He brings on Kanati for Matip, right? Now, yeah. He has to bring on Firmino for Diaz, which is fine, yeah. and he and he has to bring on Gomez for yeah. for Trent. So that's no fine. issue with them. I, I have no issue either because I thought Joe Gomez won't do much for you going forward, but we're nearly at the point where we're asking for Trent to drop back a little bit to make us a bit yeah. more solid, and Joe Gomez does that naturally. All right, just the player he is, he's not a marauding right back, yeah, um, quarterback style right back, whatever it might be. But then he does Fabinho for Salah, right, and. Someone in the chat would have been probably one of the Arsenal, um, one of the Arsenal fans said when he seen that, if screamed that he wanted to draw. But was it justified to change? Because he's changing, the, he's changing the shape a little bit for me. Then he's, he's getting Fabinho, he's getting Henderson, he's getting Thiago in there. But just on Salah, like he does nothing in the game. Poxy, nothing. Talk. Like Brilliant. and. I know, and not I did, see, I did see, I did see, yeah, no, not just this game, but I did see someone say there, like, um, you know, taking him off was criminal because it was just no pace there, but he didn't use his pace once in the fucking game, up to that. Like, so could you understand the reason behind it? I didn't understand the Elliot for Jota one, I'm going to be honest. No. They, to be honest, they're the two. Canada, I, I could understand the Canada <laughs> one because I thought Matip was absolutely poison as well. Um, I think, you know, the Bobby one, the, the force from an injury, Bobby scores a goal, can't argue with that change. I think the Trent one, it's, right, look, I'm screaming out for this because we need defensive stability. And I don't think Martinelli roasts him that much, to be honest. I think Martinelli, the type of player he is, will always get the better. And he gives, him, he gives Martinelli a good belt as well. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but that's, that's, and that wasn't happening. Do you know what I mean? And, and that, that was needed. So I was happy enough with them too. Kanate from Matip, I was happy enough with. No issue with Salah getting hooked because he was fucking dreadful, right? Dreadful. Patio says and there as well, we are down to one winger in the squad. He probably wanted to save his legs, but 
Well, if he's your winger, like, you know, we, uh, the Arsenal fan channels, a great point there earlier. Arteta deserves credit for putting Tommy Yasio, a right footed player, on him. How easy is it to suss this fella out? Because he's hugging the touchline, he's cutting in. That's all he's doing. Now, I don't want to give him too much uh, stick, but it was said in the chat earlier as well. Again, one of the Arsenal lads said it. Is this an, uh, uh, Adaboy or not Adaboy or what's your fella? Obamian. Where you're given that big whopper contract and you're not getting. We have not seen mm, a no. fucking scratch out with him <laughs> yet, but it's not down to the contract. If that was going to get this, it's not down to the no, contract. No, I don't think it it's is. gone since the AFCON, in my opinion, when his troubles have started. He needs to start producing for us, Bukav, because he's there. We were talking last year about Blade and him being the best player in the world. And I, I want to apologise to the real best players in the world because I got swept up in that. He is not playing good. He is. He was, in my opinion, I'd say one of the worst two on the pitch today. One of the worst players out on that pitch today, Mo Salah. Ineffective, uninterested, don't fuck all. Now getting to the sub, was it the right thing to do? People are giving out about Henderson going out onto the right. He done more on the right than Salah did. Do you know what I mean? It's But John asks, when did he question much? the coaches for how they use the Mo Salah? There's no way he wants to be stuck to that sideline like a traditional winger. He's the hold the play that way. He's spent for him, whole it's a bit stupid. Like <coughs> yeah, but I know Not where John was coming from. Salah looks to me like he used to drift inside. He'd he'd pick up positions fairly close to the central striker when he played a tree, a natural tree up there. Yeah. And now he does look like he's just in a very tight corridor. Or, or, or how much of that times. is down to coaching and how much is down to Salah? I cannot believe that the Liverpool coaches are telling him to get wider because he's not le- he's not right-footed. Do you know what I mean? So if you're playing an inverted winger, you don't put them on the touchline because if they beat that man, they're going to cut back onto that good footing anyway. So I can't understand why Mo Salah is being put out there by instruction. But in saying that, why does Trent not track back when he loses the ball in any game? Is that down to Trent being an idiot? I don't believe he is. Is it down to instruction from the coaches? At what stage is, well, that's, is this that's what that saying? That's what I mean. At what stage is, this coaches, down to, yeah. is it down to the coaching? Because... <sighs> Do you think we don't Personally, I just think Mo Salah is. I just think his confidence is. I think the the Afcon thing just knocked him last last season. He's never looked a good player since then. He was on a high going into it. He didn't get over the line. He missed out on the World Cup then again to Mane again. I think he took it a bit. Per, not personally, but I think he just took it all on and hasn't been able to produce. He's 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 only got about four goals for us in open play since then. Yeah. Mm. Well, look, I, no, I just wanted to touch on because it was... And the, sorry, the Harvey Elliott one, dreadful sub. Dreadful Yeah, no, I just couldn't get around that because because you're 3-2 down at the time. And yeah. Jota, you want players on the pitch that will work and pop up yeah. to get you a goal. And Jota's... Someone that'll be in the Nothing against Harvey Elliott, by the way. But Jota, Jota is probably, in fairness, the most likely in that side out of yeah. all of them to nick you one in, in times of trouble you know the sort of way as Chris um, touched on Carvalho would have been a better bet because he plays in the forward positions whereas Elliot has now been playing in the deeper positions and was naturally taken up deeper sort of areas of the pitch mm-hmm. it didn't make any sense um, 
Kevin Sullivan says, lads, please hit the like button. Yeah, hit the like button if you want. Uh, John has hit the like, unlike button five times because me and him had a row earlier. This is becoming a regular occurrence. Me and John are having rows, but he still comes back with more comments and I put them up and I yeah. actually agree with a shitload of what he says, to be honest with you. Um, but John has hit the unlike button five times, which is quality um 127 of you i've hit the like button there's 416 of you watching so um i don't know what percentage that is good but um have a go if you want um ma the penalty um i don't want to say it was coming but arsenal were really really torn in the screw really no what i mean is i didn't think the penalty was coming but arsenal were really really torn in the screw right and I was looking at it and I kept thinking back to Thursday night where Arsenal played a shadow team in the in the Europa League. We'd played, we've had a couple of days rest. We haven't really, we've, we played on Tuesday with a full team and it might start to show. And that's probably why he's made a couple of those subs as well. But, oh, ma, like we've talked about first minute goals, last minute in the first half. But this is just like, can we please fucking kick the football far? Just kick it really far and we'd be absolutely fine. And then you're asking yourself, does Jesus go down a bit easy? But then I, I was thinking back, do you remember the one that they gave against us at Brighton? Danny, Danny Welbeck. Welbeck and Andy mm-hmm. Robertson. And when he went down and he gives us, he's never overthrown that, just on the Danny yeah. Welbeck thing. But Matt, we had chances to clear it and we are under pressure. And again, you have to give credit to Arsenal because their tempo was really good. They, they showed intent. They were trying to get around us, behind us. They were trying different stuff and all credit to them. But just kick the ball really far, Matt, and we can fucking regroup. Yeah, in the in general, in the second half, there was only ever one winner from that game. Like, if you look at like the possession stats, you know, we edged it pretty big time in the first half. We looked like the better team got hit with two sucker punches that bookended the half. You know, first touch and last touch in the first half, we got scored against. But other than that, we were decent. In the second half, Arsenal, without playing well, made us look like shit. It's the sort of thing that two, three years ago we used to do on the regular and love it. You know, go in, get a scaldy 1-0 or 2 nothing sort of win, not play that well, and make whoever we were playing, whether they were mid-table or lower table, just look like garbage. And we look like garbage. And the defending that led to that penalty absolutely encapsulates that perfectly. I, I, I don't know what's... like. You're just watching it, and at this point, like, this game for me, I reverted back to a point that I haven't been at since maybe the very early days of Klopp, but definitely the end stage of Rodgers, where you're sitting there watching the game going, they're going to score, they're going to score, they're going to score, they're going to score, they're gonna score. They're, and there it is. So yeah, it's a bit of a soft penalty, but we are the architects of our own downfall in that, because nobody can just kick the thing into row Z and defend a fucking throw-in. It was pathetic. And it, once I saw the replay, you see the touch on his foot, and it's going to get given every day of the week. I wouldn't have been surprised if he didn't give a penalty, if VAR would have recommended he give a penalty for that, just simply because he touches his foot. But it should never have gotten to that point anyways. But, I mean, the three points was nothing less than fucking Arsenal deserved because the way we played in that second half was dreadful. Yeah. Um, I'm going to leave Keith to last in this because he got very upset about this penalty um, where we were talking about the other goal. So, Chris, you know, I think a bit of panic sets in. And it's, you know, it's like, watching, it's like watching kids play football, yeah. Um, they're all just swinging foot feet at things. Fabinho makes an awful attempt to fucking clearance. And Tiago, I mean, Tiago tried to give the penalty away earlier, you know. Yeah, he, he took, he took a are swing. You, are you comfortable? It's a penalty, 
I think it's one of those penalties that you get today. Yeah. Okay. I've, I've seen, I think it's one of those penalties that Geoff the ref doesn't give it. VAR doesn't overrule that. Yeah. It's soft as anything. I think what it, it's one of those where the, the on field decision is going to stand. Yeah. Because yeah. you haven't got enough of an argument to go the other way. Sort yeah, of exactly. Yeah. Um, I think the reason it feels soft and also a bit more of a kick of the teeth is the penalty that's not given the other end, which feels more clean cut. Mm-hmm. But also, to be, I, I agree with Matt. Arsenal battered us second half. We yeah. were, it was. It felt like it was coming. If he hadn't got the penalty, I still feel like they'd have, they'd have scored later. And it's a really depressing thing to say, but it it just felt like it was coming. At two two, you thought, "What we're going to do?" And we we just sort of wilted. Um, if anything, we are becoming what we used to mock Arsenal for. We are becoming the softest of softest touches. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it's not. Do you know what? I don't know if it's soft. It's just. It's so out of character, you know. Like if I look at the, if I look at those players, Chris, right, and I say to myself, I look at them, and I, I, I'm never going to tell you Van Dijk is soft, Matip, Kanate, Simakas isn't soft. Put his foot in, he knows what he's all about. Joe Gomez is a defender first and foremost. Thiago is certainly not soft. Henderson is physical. You know, and I, I'm nearly afraid to say anything about fucking Henderson because it just turns yeah. into an absolute circus, right? I, and I, I, get, I get where you come from, but, but can it's you just saying that performances this year they've shown that. Yeah, I, yeah, and and I suppose it's the way you it's the way you interpret the word soft. I when mean, I, soft when, I think, when I think soft, I just think oh, it's so easy to get by you there, so easy to go through you here, so easy to go through you there. And listen, that could be an absolute point on Liverpool at the moment, but yeah. but that lead up to that goal. It's just like these players would just eat that up fucking all day, every day for the last four years. They just eat that up. Just that's in the box. Yeah, we're fucking getting rid of it. And you know what we do? We get up the pitch, we might win it on halfway, or we get it and we'll play it around for a minute or two, and then we'll hit you with something, and then you'll be going, fuck, can we go forward like this? Because these are just absolutely dangerous. And I think it's a culmination, it's, it's, it's a combination, sorry, of us being unsure of ourselves. And other teams going, just have a go. Have a go because there is something there. And we're giving off these vibes all the time. And it's, again, it's not like teams are playing brilliant football to to play through us. They're playing very basic stuff. And we don't seem to be doing very basic stuff. And it's it's nearly like it's below us at times. and, And that's what kind of is annoying. Keith, go on. I hated this, right? I fucking hated this, right? Because first off, it's a penalty, right? Soft as it is, mm-hmm. it's a penalty now. And the Brighton one is an example of why it's a penalty. And years ago, we had another one, Shane Long, air mate on the friend of the show, yeah. Shane Long, yeah. got kicked by Skirtle, I think it was, in a game where there's no attempt to foul. He's not looking to hit the player. The player gets his foot in the way and, and the contact is made. I think Jesus takes a step before he goes down. Like Danny Welbeck took about five steps before he decided to go down. Knowing that it gets called back. But to be honest, in the modern modern day, that is a penalty. The problem I have is what's being touched on. The shit that led to that penalty. They were absolutely fingering us in that box for fun. I was going to grab a can. You keep going. Yeah. They were absolutely timorous. We were... 
we scored our second goal, right? And what I expected from Liverpool, naively, right? Naively, I expected from Liverpool was, right, we're after pinning these back twice. Let's just get on top now. Let's just keep it tight and let's look to break on them at the end. Instead, we gave the, the impetus back to them. And um, you could argue, and the Arsenal lads in the chat will probably argue and say they took the impetus back. They took the, the game by the scruff of the neck, which is to an extent is true. But we definitely fucking handed it to them. I mean, where do you start on the penalty? Not even the penalty, sorry. There was about three or four phases of that. It was constant pressure. Arsenal were just torn in the screw, torn in the screw, torn in the screw. And Liverpool were allowing them to do it. We weren't helping ourselves out. We weren't getting out of the box. We were hitting scuttery little balls that were just going to their players. It was like pinball. It, it was like... It was like the goal against Brighton last week. Yeah. With the balls bouncing around on the edge of our area. And it's, how can you not get rid of it? Just... Kick the fucking thing. Yeah, exactly. There, there was no composure to get that ball out of there. It was wild. It was snatching at this and just bleeding players that you expect more from. And and, and that's the thing we I'd say. I don't believe these evolved. I see a lot of shit about, you know, is this the end of the cycle and all that. These players haven't all fallen off a cliff together, but there's just I think there's a mental fatigue after sitting in with them. And you're looking at players like Fabinho, who is atrocious at the moment. You're looking at Thiago, you're looking at Henderson, you're looking at the centre backs. Nobody's taking charge. You know, they're letting that they're just ball hopping around here, there, and everywhere. And eventually the penalty is given. Because if you don't Good teams, attacking teams that are constantly applying pressure get more penalties than teams who don't. And that's because they get the ball in the box and they're constantly trying to get in and, and well, desperate yeah, teams it, are, are, are throwing foot, feet out and yeah, kicking it and works doing out that. that. On that, you know, the, the stats bear out that. Yeah. The, more, the, more, the teams that have most touches in the opposition's box get more penalties. And that's yeah. a very simple and that, way of looking at and, it. And, and you're looking at that. It was a microcosm of all those years that we were you know, challenging for league titles and winning leagues and winning Champions Leagues and everybody's moaning about Liverpool getting soft penalties because you're constantly putting teams under pressure in the box and tiredness sets in and a leg will come out and we just looked absolutely shattered. We looked like we were on the sauce last night Come and in. got in late. All the players, none of them took ownership of it. It's disgusted me. I'll, say, I'll, I'll just quickly on a keep before we move on to um, the last couple of talking points but we've spoken so many times Keith about how many leaders we have in this team, how many captains we have in this team, you know, and how many people, they all hold each other to such a high standard and they really show that in games, our games, whatever it might be, if you yeah. watch training videos, wherever it might be. I don't know if enough of them leaders slash captains are playing that role at the minute. Like, you can be out of form, you can you can be trying a new system, You can things can be going a bit wrong, but you'll always have those four or five players that are like, come on, just, you know. But there doesn't seem to be much of that at the minute, Keith, where there's a lot of looking around. You know, there's an awful lot of looking around where in, in the past you'd see players hammering each other, you know, and not not for mistakes, but just hammering each other for don't let that happen again or yeah. push on here Standards or watch this. You know, he, yeah, he gets it, he got in behind you. Don't do that again, you know. And But it doesn't seem to be an awful lot of that. No. It's, there's no leaders there and I don't know if it's down to all our leaders are going through maybe a little crisis in confidence at the moment you know if you go through the leaders in the team Van Dijk it was said on this show before is Van Dijk got one eye on the World Cup that he doesn't want to miss 
because he missed the Euros? Is he and it's hard. To- it's a hard, Keith, as well, I suppose, that it's hard for you to shout at somebody when that person knows you're shouting at them and you're not fucking covering yeah. yourself in glory either. It has a bit of a domino effect on you, does it? Exactly. You know, there's, there's nobody there. You know, Trent needs a rocket open, but like, can Virgil give it to him at the moment? No. Can Hendo give it to him? No. Can Salah give it to him? No. Do you know what I mean? So there's, there's these players that are all the, the leaders that we have, they're not playing well. None of them are playing well. You know, and, and that's what that's what's killing. Alisson is the ex- exception to that rule. Um, but other than that, it's just, it's poor performances. And before we do move up, I just want to say, great penalty by, by Saka because, you know, he's, he scored a couple now. He missed the penalty for England, obviously, mm. as we all know, in the final of the Euros. And I think he said at the time he never took a penalty even in training. Yeah. Stepped up took it and missed and since then has scored big penalties for Arsenal so you know he's a, he's, a, he's an excellent player that young flan it was a, a good good penalty um, but yeah Liverpool short short on leadership no bollocks about them um, too soft easy to predict you know how to attack them you know how to expose them you know that at the moment we don't have the the energy for a fight back we don't have the ability uh, to sustain anything to get us out of trouble and as Brighton showed as well you know if you can go two goals up on us we've to walk our stones off to get back into that and even then it's not good enough because we don't seem to have it in us to see a game out yeah. how many more games are we going to let slip like this well that's what I want to go on to now um and it's a question, same question for the all three of you, all right? Um, and it's it's simply this. <coughs> we have Rangers during the week, we've seen you at the weekend, and we're fast approaching um, November 12th when it's our last game before the World Cup. I want to ask you all the same. It's it's kind of it's a double question, I suppose. What do we have to do over the next 24 weeks now until the World Cup, at the break for the World Cup? What do we have to get ourselves doing in that time? And between now and the end of the season, and, and I include both transfer windows, what do we need to do? What does Klopp need to do? What way does he need to approach this? Ma, next four weeks, three at the back. You're going three, three at the back. Three at the fucking back. Okay, the, come on. The yeah, injury no, to me, the, to me, the thing that seals it is the injury to Luis Diaz. We're now short that extra attacker. You know, we were pretty good in terms of squad numbers and all the positions of the field if you don't count injuries. And then half of our fucking midfield got injured. And it was like, well, at least we got these forwards. So we can play 4-2-4. We got all these forwards we can rotate. Now we got that injury to Luis Diaz. We got our center halves are fit and ready to go. We have four good center halves as long as I... Not knowing the extent of Trent's injury. Not knowing the extent of Trent's injury. If Trent is out, that kind of changes things because you're going to have to put Joe Gomez playing right back or in my three at the back fantasy right wing back. But if Trent isn't injured, you play three center halves, you have your full backs out wide, you put two in the midfield and three up top or three in the midfield and two up top. Bring Salah central and let him play small man, big man with Darwin Nunez and do some. We need to stop conceding goals. We need to stop conceding goals. If we can't conce- stop conceding goals, we are going to do jack shit this season. And the only way you can concede goals, if all your other fancy tricks are things, is more bodies in defense. And the only way you get more bodies in defense is if you go from four at the back to five at the back. That's To me, I 
I started originally in the summer saying it as a joke, but I honestly think it's now something that the coaching staff legitimately needs to look at because we have bodies in center half. We have good center halves. And we can let our fullbacks roam and go and try to be offensive when the game state dictates that we can be offensive with it. But we need to stop conceding goals. I think it's just as simple as that. Because if you don't, if you get scored against first every time, you're you're happy to get draws and lucky to get wins. We need to start getting clean sheets back. It's ridiculous. Okay. Um, I'm going to leave Keith for a minute because he's dying to jump on Matt's back and get him in like a headlock and possibly suplex him. Chris, Mm -hmm. what do you want to see in the next four weeks? What do you want to see in that more distant future, I suppose? A bit of fucking belief would be nice. Um, Do you know I generally can't think of a, a way of setting us up where I can't see a problem. Yeah, three three at the back sounds great, but I don't think any of those centre backs have played well once. I think they've all played shite. Canati admittedly has been injured, but I just look at him going. Don't fancy any of them in a back three at the moment. I don't fancy going with as a wing back. So for me, three at the back, I don't think works. So I don't think we've got the players in form to do it. Back four doesn't look much better. This two in the midfield is supposed to give us more defensive cover. Hasn't three in the midfield just hasn't seemed to work. So. I'll be honest, mate, I'm at a loss of what, what's going to work. We may have to go back to the old early days of Klopp and try and almost like, you score five, we'll score six. And I think that might be the way of going for it. It's almost like, but try it's not. that. What else can we do? But I don't think we're scoring enough, so I don't know if that's going to work. Yeah. Keith? The reason I don't agree with Matt, right, the reason I don't agree is Jürgen Klopp does not play a back three. For Liverpool to switch to a back three, I think it has to go be a conscious decision in the summer and you have to walk your bollocks off on it. I don't know where you you, you walk on this. We've had too many games. Do you know what I mean? We we switch to a three now. I think it just causes huge problems. We don't have the personnel to do it, in my opinion. We don't have the wide players. Never mind the three at the back. Three at the back is a very defensive system. It's too defensive. It takes away from the attack. The reason I wouldn't I wouldn't do it is just because I don't think Klopp would play that way. It's a it would be it'd stink of Brendan Rodgers for me. It would stink of Rodgers where I just throwing shit at a wall and seeing what can what can stick. I, I understand the the idea and the the thinking behind playing three at the back. More defenders in there makes you harder to uh, harder to break down, but it doesn't because you you know you have to have centre backs that are comfortable in playing that. Well, I, I just think we need to go back to fucking basics. Do you know what I mean? I think too many players in there are are playing on their name and playing on their reputations. Uh, I think others are being scapegoated, like Joe Gomez, I felt, was scapegoated over Napoli when I felt it was the right back who was the problem. Um, I think Virgil van Dijk, I mean, we're playing Man City next weekend. He hasn't lost at Anfield. Fucking drop him. Let him keep his little record because he's been absolute pony. Um, for us, he's been no good. So, but there's too many of them have been no good. I, I, like Chris, I can't see sort of where where we can fix this because we don't have the players. We don't have the options that we can put. We don't have options in out wide, right? We've no fucking no options to go out wide now that Diaz is gone. We don't trade the back away. You would trade, but even trade at the back, who plays wide? Do you know what I mean? It's straight at the back with James Milner as a wing back. You're joking me. 
it's it just it it doesn't work for me. It's it's I agree. Everyone can have their opinion, right? I'm not for shooting down opinions unless it's Matt and a silly tree at the back. To be fair, I I don't think it's going to happen, but it's so baffling how fucking garbage we are at defending. Yeah, that it's oh, it's like a drastic measure needs to happen. But you know what? I think today is a perfect example of why we're so bad at the back because we're not defending from the front anymore. And I think we just need players. You know, we've said uh, before Rangers, wasn't it? We said that um, we don't want to see 4 3 3 again with the same players in the same positions. We want to see something different. And we switched to the, what we thought was a 4 2 3 1. It's 4 4 2, apparently, which is fucking disgusting as well. Um, but because it has a double pivot in midfield, we need lads to come in and we need our big players to play. Like Fabinho needs to turn up. Kieran B is saying it. He's being classless, but he's being shy. And that's it. I mean, if in, in fantasy world, in FIFA 23, if you're picking a Liverpool team and you look at it and you go, is Thiago and Fabinho? Has it all there in a two-man midfield? Love that. It's not happening on the pitch, you know. I'd go four two three one, and I would say right. We don't have wide players. Put the fucking young fellas out there, and let them just do what they need to do. Put Salah centrally because he is not doing anything, fucking nothing on the wing. Like he's doing less than nothing. He's he's absolutely terrible. He's not getting involved in games. He's not getting you know. He, he's not unpredictable at all. He's getting out, out so wide. It's a little cutback, that's it. He's, he's fucking so easy to play against. So maybe put him in the 10. Do you know what I mean? Put him in the 10. Put fucking Elliot out there or Carvalho out there or Carvalho on the other one. We're running out of players. I don't know where we're putting these. But I just think we need to just focus on walking from the front and trying to walk our way back because we need what we were good at. And I'm talking about Liverpool from when Ian Rush played for us. Ian Rush was our first line of defence. Jurgen Klopp's teams, your attacker. Bobby Firmino was our first line of defence. Sadio Mane, you're getting past these boys. You are working hard to get past them. Now they're not. It's it's easy to get past us. It's easy to expose us. It's the whole fucking team is muck at the moment. And I don't know how we're going to change it. We're playing Rangers. They're the worst team I've seen against us in years. They were like a, a League Cup team without any fight. But we're playing up in their place and they're going to be licking their lips to play us. Do you know what I mean? January Klopp, could be big. Sorry, go ahead, Chris. As Ian Klopp had said before the game, um, we'll have to go the same level, but we'll definitely be making changes. So Christ knows what team we're going to put out when he's lost Diaz and Trent yeah. as well. Because now he's got to cover for City at the weekend. Yeah, exactly. And that's the problem. And and this is what it's going to come down to. This brings us like January isn't far away and people will laugh. We're not going to do anything in January. I think we're going to have to do something in January. Arthur Mello is out for four months. I'm assuming he's being checked out of his hotel and sent back to Turin because he's not worth a shy to us. He's not worth it to us now. You know, it's terrible for that. No, I can can see that long being cut short. It has to be. It has to be. It's no use. Because you're you're probably looking at February before he comes back. And And then he has to get Certainly not getting a 37 million euro permanent deal. That's for fucking. Well, I have to be honest. Like, you make interesting points. You all do, right? In the next, in the next four g- weeks, which is probably about seven games or eight games at this fucking stage, right? Games. We're not going three at the back. Um, <laughs> but I just want them. I want them as a squad to take more responsibility in a defensive sense, 
And if that means setting up in a slightly more defensive way, absolutely fine. But we can't continue. To, like, I had no problem with the line today in those four forwards. Right? No problem. Yeah. But if you're putting them four forwards in the pitch, you have to make sure that the other six guys in the pitch are going to defend for you. Because them four, Salah's not going, Salah comes back, but he's not going to be, you know, racing back to fucking defend all the time. Diaz the same, because you're looking, you're looking for Diaz and Salah to expose. Jotham might need to drop back in a little bit. Nunes was looking to play on the shoulder a little bit. But I think as, as a manager, as a coaching staff, and the analytics that they look at, and players themselves, they need to be very honest with themselves and say, listen, if we're f- suffering from a physical and mental fatigue, let's reset that by making this very simple as the way we set up. Let's become very drilled. Because that's not a word you used on Liverpool, was drilled over the last three or four years. We were just like, we're going out and playing their game. Now, we are drilled in the way we play the game, but we are, we are so good at being in people's faces and not letting them get out that, we could get away with certain things, certain things on the break, but if we need to be, come out and li- be a little bit more defensively drilled, I'm absolutely fine with that. I'd put Elliot in the 10. And for the reason being is, I don't really give a fuck who you pick. Fabinho, Thiago, Henderson, you're going to put two of them in. That's what's going to happen. I have no issue with that, right? Put the two of them in, but I wouldn't put a striker in at that 4 2 3 one. Four two three one is fine. Um, but I'd put an Elliot in there because I don't think he's a forward. But I don't think he's a three-man midfielder. But I think he could sue with two holding behind him. Where he's good technically, he's he's low centre of gravity, he can move with the ball, he's an eye for a pass, he's a good left foot. I think I'd try Elliot in there. Because, in fairness to him, while it's chopped and changed, I think he's been quite good when he's played this season. The only times he really hasn't impressed when he's coming off the bench now in the last couple of weeks. I'd try him in there just for the sake of, I don't think he's physically and mentally fatigued. And if you want to get some of those players on the pitch, He's one of them. But you have to keep Salah on the pitch. You have to keep Jota on the pitch. Nunes, Firmino, if they have to chop and change, absolutely fine. They're not going to drop Van Dijk. They're going to probably put Canati in beside him. Trent might be injured. Get that Ramsey fella fit and play him. Because if you sign him as a right back and he's in your first team squad, he plays. Simple as that. And Robertson may be back. That's what I would do in the short term. In the longer term, and I don't mean to be bad, and I don't mean to, to, to this to sound like fucking outrageous. These players could cost him his job. And I don't mean that to be fucking sensational and, you know, sensationalist. They could cost him his job because it could get to the stage where not that he, it's Jurgen Klopp's ability as a manager, because I think he's the, as I've said, he's the, he's the best football manager we've had since uh, Paisley and I stand by that. But he literally, he's pissing up against the wall. You know, and he's talking to that fucking wall at the same time if these continue to do that. And there's only so much Klopp can get with these group of players if it continues like this where there's nothing more he can do. So I think Klopp needs over a longer period of time, i.e. the next eight, nine months, um, with that break in the middle for a transfer window, Klopp needs to really evaluate as to what players are showing up. Are they physically capable? If they're not, we're going to have to do something about it. Are they mentally capable? No? Fine. We're going to have to do something about it. Do they fit what we want to do? No. Okay, we might have to do something about it. He's going to have to show a ruthless streak. And when I say him, I mean him. I mean the recruitment. I mean the club uh, owners. 
they all need to show a ruthless streak because as much as I think that this is a bad run of form, which is lasting 10, 12 games at this stage, it can very, very easily turn into a massive rut that's so fucking hard to get out of, right? And the only way you get out of it is if you're ruthless. And there might be players there that people, a lot of people like where you go, no, we need to try something different here. The cycle has turned. I'm not saying it has, but it probably has come the end of this year or the end of this season. And you need to just be ruthless. And that's where, and I've said it earlier, you don't pick out one single entity within the club when there's a problem. They're, they're all linked because when things are good, they're all put in the, under the one umbrella and given massive credit, rightfully so. But I think over the next possibly three months, definitely nine, there's going to have to be a ruthless streak here. And if there's a ruthless streak, you may see some decisions that will kind of make you go, well, but in the but it will also show that we're willing to move on from players if, through no fault of their own, they've ran and they've hit a wall. That's my take on it. Um, well, who are one you person. talking about, Gab? Who are you hinting at? Who it feels hinting? like you got a big name that you're. No, no, I'm not. I'm not hinting at any big player. I'm not hinting at any player. In, but, but what I'm saying is, because is I'm that, wondering if it's Virgil. Because to me, the no, biggest I, no. question mark in our team: <clears throat> What the fuck has happened to Virgil? Van no, I think. I think I mentioned it earlier. I think we we were right to call these guys leaders and captains and all this sort of thing. But I think. Well, you said earlier, it's impossible for all these players to just hit a wall at the same time. I agree with that. But I don't, but for them all to look a bit meek, you know, a, a little bit timid um, altogether, I don't think is impossible because they're all looking at each other going, well, you're not fucking doing it 100%. And, and who am I to listen to you when you're not fucking doing it? And that can, that can, that can get that can gather pace very quickly. I just think, and listen, this is a me turning around going, spend five hundred million because we're not going to. But I think all the you know, we've there's loads of rumors around Joe Bellingham and this rebuild and this stuff like that. And we have signed players to rebuild, the likes of Carvalho, the likes of Nunes, Diaz. They've all been signed as Canate. Um they've all been signed as part of a rebuild. But I think when we get down to it at the end of this year, going into January, and definitely getting into the, the, the start of next season and that transfer window that's coming up. This period is going to tell Jurgen Klopp a hell of a lot about himself, about players that are there, and the, the, the amount of time they're at the club, and maybe you do something about it. The recruitment, the owners, it's going to tell them a hell of a lot, and it's going to tell us a hell of a lot in the next nine months. So, and that's key. Do you know what? I think the recruitment is key because Julian Ward now finds himself third place behind AD Ward and Danny Ward in the Ward shy bag list of Liverpool FC because he has not covered himself in any glory with the squad building. I'm a huge fan of Darwin Nunes, but if we didn't have money to, to build their squad and we just do Darwin Nunes and uh, Fabio Carvalho and who else? Calvin Ramsey. And we've left ourselves so short. I think January. I think January is going to have to be busy. Has to be with Arthur going back, and players now picking up knocks. January has to be busy, and I think it's it's it'll tell us if this fella somebody, has the minerals or not. Yeah, what we some, doing Somebody said earlier that um, I think it was Billy Hogan done an interview in, back in whenever it was, and said that they always have precautions in place if we don't make the top four. Why was he saying stuff like that? I don't think that's a bad thing. 
You know, I don't think it's a bad thing if you have precautions in place if something doesn't go right. But you'll get away with it once. Yeah. But if it continues into a second season or a third season in five, that's when you really fucking start to struggle, both financially off the pitch um, and on the pitch. And that's what Liverpool have to avoid. Now, listen, we're sitting here six points off the top four, right? With the, probably the worst start in the Premier League in probably fucking 10 years, right? It's not all lost, but we need to, Keith right, we need to go back to basics. Chris is right in saying, you know, um, you can't see a formation that that stops us from leaking goals. Match just one straight at the back and you never know, you might see it. He's just going to keep knocking that up. And every time he puts it up, all I think of that song is ATB um, till I come. Um, but, um, but look, there's probably loads of ways out of this, but it's all down. It's going to be down to Klopp, his coach and staff and the players. You yeah, know exactly, and can't let them off the hook. It's probably going to come down to the players being honest with Klopp and Klopp being a little bit more <clears> honest <throat> with the players as to you probably can't do this anymore. And if you can't, then you're the only option we have. We have to evaluate and we have to adjust. And that's where the trade the back probably thing comes in. But I don't think that happens. Um, as much as I'd like it to happen from Matt, I just don't think <laughs> it happens. Um, I want. I, I didn't want to say this, but I did enjoy that show because it's good to have the chats. A couple of things before we go, though. Um, I want, I want to, I want to touch on something that happened earlier in the week in Donegal because um, <coughs> there's one girl in that that seems to be a massive Liverpool fan, and it was, yeah. it's a massive tragedy that happened in, and I hope I'm saying this right, Creaselock in in Donegal, where it looks like a tragic accident, an explosion at a at a garage, um, or you know, yeah, service station. station. Petrol station and um, was claimed the lives of 10 people. Um, horrific scenes from there. And you know what? It, when you when you start thinking about things like that, and then you're thinking about who should play in the 10 for Liverpool, it kind of pairs into yeah. insignificance, you know. But um, the people have been named in that in that tragedy, the 10 that have passed away. And, and you know, we're a podcast that we broadcast out of Ireland. Donegal is in the north of Ireland for anyone that doesn't know. And it was just horrendous to watch what was going on there um, during the week. And some of the stories of, um, you know, the, the hospital staff n- nearby, um, the emergency services, hotels not taking bookings and giving free rooms away to force responders, which was, which was, um, just a community pulling together and, and a wider community as well not just Donegal we've seen you know um, emergency services come from the other side of the border in Northern Ireland help coming from there as well help coming from um, further away in the Republic of Ireland so um, I just wanted to say like the names have been released it's Catherine O'Donnell um, James Monaghan Robert Garway um, Shauna Flanagan Garway Leona Harper Jessica Gallagher James O'Flaherty Martin McGill Martina Martin and you Kelly. I hope that's all the names because that's the ones that are being listed. But you know what? It, it kind of it shows that yeah, when football is important to a lot of us. But when things like that happen, it, it really does show the yeah. the real importance in, in things that go on in life. So I want to send their condolences to everyone in that community that's being affected by it. And you know what? There's one or two that I think listen to our podcast that are friends with people. Um, or friends of the families that have, have had people pass away in that. And um, we just want to say rest in peace to all of them because I, I, would, I didn't want to let this week go without commenting on that. But we didn't want to comment on it too early because, you know, you end up nearly watering it down. We mentioned it three or four times. We wanted to give it a proper a proper say. Um, well said. 
the last thing is Bobby's wish to walk. Now, when we took this on, it was at around €30,000. We're not completely responsible for what's going on. We've tried our best to help, push it, get people to donate, um, throw the word out there across. He's on our screen on shows. He's on our social media, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, everywhere you can find us. Um, we've tried to push um, for Bobby Smith, who's seven, to go to America and get his life-changing um, surgery very similar to the one that we helped with Sienna last year and incredibly um, he's about 1400 euros short of his target when I checked before tonight's show anyway 1400 euros short of 150,000 euros which genuinely will change this child's life forever trust me yeah. changes this child's life forever and I think we owe it to Bobby to get this 1400 done whether it's just through us getting people to donate or the f- amazing fundraisers that have been done um, we get this done it's the it's the 9th of October if this can get done in the next 2 or 3 days it means that Bobby knows that this will be his last Christmas um, suffering in the pain that he's suffering in because he do the kids with this sort of um, illness do suffer in pain the surgery that he will get the aftercare both in America and in Ireland will help him have a quality of life that is just is a dream to him um, and a, a far away dream uh, at this stage. So the link is in the description. It's 1,265 to go, says Red Steve. The link is in the description. Um, if you can donate, as Kev Sullivan always says, every fiver. The fivers are the ones that does it, trust me. Because yeah. you go through the donations that are there, the amount of fivers and tenors in there that have made up a huge amount of it is... Um, is huge. So if we can get this done in the next two or three days, we can tell, everyone can tell Bobby that we've got him to his target. We can book his treatment in America. We can book his aftercare in America. His his accommodation for him and his, his parents that'll need to go over. His aftercare and physio when he comes back to Ireland and hopefully next October or seeing videos of him like we see with Sienna where he's yeah. running around climbing frames, diving off stuff, wrecking people's heads which is the best bit of it all and um, hopefully Hopefully we get that there. So as I said, link in the description. Um, Bobby's wish to walk. If you type that into Google, you'll get the, the go for me straight away. Throw a five or a ten or whatever you can in. And if you can't, just send it to everyone you know. Like, there's 450 people watching here. If everyone gave three euro, we're done. We're literally done. You know, the sort of way. So, um, But I know times are tough for people because governments are pricks. Um, so... I completely understand that as well. So if you can if you can share it, that that'll be absolutely amazing. Um, bit somber at the end there, but I felt that that had to be said. And obviously, Bobby's wish to walk is something that we've we've helped along with um, in a small part over the last couple of months. So I had to mention that because we're so close to that goal. Chris, anything else before we go? No, nothing from me. You're okay. Good stuff. Yeah. Matt, anything before we go? No, just can't wait for Wednesday. Let's do this all over again. Mm. Chris is looking forward to Wednesday, I'd say, especially Chris, full time. Chris, Chris is not here Wednesday. Oh, Chris, Chris is, is off Wednesday. Yeah, me I'm and away Kev Wednesday. Say, unless I can get duped someone in to do it. <laughs> Keith's, look, get, Keith's looking at me now. Keith's trying to fucking mentally yeah. put something in his diary here. I, I, yeah. I, I, I washing me hair. Washing <laughs> yeah. me mouth, that boy. Yeah. I have none of them. Yeah. Washing, I get washing the jo- I get, me friend's I get, car. I get the joy of sitting in the next pod. Yeah, well, there you uh, go. Um, <laughs> I, I think we beat City three one Liverpool. I have the I was down for. Uh, Matt, anything else like before we go? Here. Nothing at all, man. Fun show. 
Yeah. Um, no, it was good to talk. The chat was amazing, as usual. Hit the like button on the way out if you haven't done already. And subscribe, because this is all free and it's most night of the week. Keith, anything else before we go? No, no. Just on, on um, what we were saying there about Bobby's wish to walk. You know, something you said was about sharing it. And if you remember, well, Gav, Felicon, the last push we got on Felicon was because it reached somebody mm-hmm. and they, they, they pushed that last bit, you know. So even if, if people can't donate to it, just share it because you never know people. You never know affected. where it'll hit, yeah. You never know where it hits. Shared and far and wide is where mm-hmm. it can hit someone that they can push it because we know people don't have a lot of spare money at the moment, mm-hmm. but some people do. And that's where, you, and look at Sienna stories to see the impact it's had on, you know, it's the exact same thing. It's the exact same treatment we can see what a child was before and the difference it's made to that, that child's life. And we hopefully can get another one across the line. And you ultimately you lose games of football. You touched on the Gav. We get over it. We're angry for a few minutes. We get over it. Mm-hmm. These are the things that matter most on this show. So uh, let's, let's yeah. get another one over the line. A hundred percent. Nothing else for me either. Rest of the week. I always come up with this and then we fucking change things. But winners yeah. and losers Monday. What day are we playing Rangers Wednesday? Um, we'll have a Rangers preview on Tuesday we'll have full time Reds on Wednesday we will have viewers voice on Thursday we will have Premier League forecast on Friday um, we won't have anything on Saturday and we will have the Fatback 4 and hopefully a full time Reds next Sunday for Liverpool v Manchester City are we playing them next Sunday are we? yeah are we? Fucking yeah. lovely. I yeah. won't be watching that. Happy days. I'm at a football tournament down the country with the young flip. Yes, um, result. But listen. Keith, last, last time you had one, level one, nine nil. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's true. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah there you yeah, go. That's true. No, no Wi Fi for you, Blanket. Just saying. Just saying. Um, Jono says we're already one nil down the city. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, you can't really argue with that. That has been the Fatback 4. Thanks for being to Matt, to Keith, to Chris, and everybody in the chat. If you're listening to this back, um, give us a review on your podcast app. That's meant to be good as well. Five-star review. Tell us we're deadly, and that helps us as well. But like, subscribe, share the the Bobby's thing, and we get him over the line before Christmas. Uh, That's it. Talk to you in a bit. Over now. Sports Social Podcast Network.